0: Hey, Doctor Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're back together for episode 327. Yes.
1: One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then,
2: there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.
3: Our lives are different, too. The great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the Doctor. I've lived for over two thousand
0: years and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes and it's about time that I did something about that.
3: A bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe.
0: Hey, 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 who fans? Welcome back to another week. This is episode 327. I hope you're keeping well and safe. I hope you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Related. Related. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who. Related. I
5: was just laughing, thinking of you trying to get the round table guys to do the Alonzi at the end the other week. I was listening to it and you were like, come on, guys. <laughs> <It's> a-
0: Alonzi. <laughs> Yeah, those guys. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. You
5: imagine you poking them with a stick. A
0: Skype. Come on, they were be- they were better on the second round table. Must yeah. admit, yeah, yeah. They were a bit rusty. I think on the first one,
5: <laughs> whipping them into
0: shape. Indeed, yeah. So in your absence, dude, it was cool to uh, to round up the team. I said to those guys that we'll probably do that a bit more regularly because it is cool yeah. to to round those guys up, herd the cats, <laughs> and uh, and get their views on, on Doctor Who stuff. So uh, not really an announcement as such, but um yeah we'll we'll probably do more of those I I floated the idea about of doing uh once a one one of those every month which is not too heavy so Mm. they seemed up for that so yeah if you like those guys and those opinions I'm sure you did that's a stupid question if you like those guys those guys are awesome so if you liked their their chit chat and their opinions and whatnot then we'll be doing some more of those on a monthly basis which is good but it's well it's good to have you back though dude flying the old TARDIS the old duo back together the old gang. The old gang. The band back together. So yeah, See, uh, yeah, so Adam's been on his travels. Uh he's been on his holes. So I I assume you're you're nice and well rested, but <laughs> I don't think you've done much Doctor Who related stuff though, so let's get that out of the way. I don't have you done much in the way of who stuff?
5: No, not at all. No, <laughs> no. I've I've been to Dubai, which apparently was was I didn't realise until I was out there, was in Doctor Who. They used it for the desert scenes in Planet of the Dead, which I didn't have any idea you until I was that. out there. So no, I, I honestly didn't. And uh, my partner was thrilled uh, when I <laughs> <laughs> when I mentioned it. Uh, the good thing about a desert is that um, I just took a picture of a random desert and said, uh, this is the location. This is where it was. <laughs> he, yeah. No, it could be anywhere. So I, for once ended up in a dot two location without even realising it. But what a time to go away with that huge news dropping, dude. I mean, I listened to the round table and I was like, I was just willing myself to be able to join in because it was it was great <laughs> listening to, to, you guys chat it. Um, just to say, very quickly, my thoughts. I'm I'm so excited. Russell's back. The first I heard of it was uh, Matt from the Haddex messaged me and said Russell's back. Sent me a screenshot and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like this has got to be a parody account. This cannot be true. And it took about an hour for it to sink in. I was just searching and I, I thought, you know, is this real? Has the BBC been hacked? Is this this cannot be because Russell's kind of always said that he. what he wanted to do with the show at the time he's like I I did what I wanted to do the only thing I would have liked to have done is brought back the croton so maybe I'll do that one day but apart from that you know I'm done so I'm just really intrigued like how and why have they managed to coax him back and uh, I think it's great Um, just a couple of little things I mean I I echo what you said on the round table I'm looking forward to characters you know the characters that Russell writes he's very good at uh, putting heart into the series so I'm looking forward to that but I'm I'm slightly, I, part of me would have loved to have seen a new showrunner just to give it a fresh take. Um, but that doesn't take aside the fact I am thrilled that Russell's back, because I am. But I also think we're expecting him to do a certain thing. And I think Russell, I doubt he'll go back to doing exactly what he did before. I think Russell will want to do something new with it. So I'm really intrigued to see what his sort of the you know the RTD master plan is, if you like. So I'm looking forward to seeing his new ideas. But also I I feel like if it was me, if I was Russell, he's so well regarded as the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And he left on such a high. And I just think if that was me, I'd be worried about going back because you know what they say, once you reach the top, there's only one way down. So I'm just thinking he's really sort of um he's really got to bring it because otherwise the littlest thing, people are going to be like, "Oh, he wasn't. He's not as good as before, is he?" No, I wouldn't have done that. And I, I think he's really sort of um, brave to come back and take over. So, yeah, but I am thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled he's back. I think it's amazing, and it, it was so nice to see Twitter just exploding with so much positivity over here. It was brilliant.
0: Yeah, no, it was, dude. And it was that meme was going round everywhere. You, you've probably seen it. if have used it on loads of time, loads of different things. Where there's a couple walking down the street and the guy's got his head turned. Yes. And yeah. So it had um, Chris Chibnall written over the girlfriend, uh, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> oh, the guy's got his head turned checking out the girl. Yeah. And the girl said, RTD. Uh, yeah, it was, it was hugely funny, but. But it's
5: like that, isn't it though? I think people are like, mm. it's just like the, the fandom. The, there's a you know huge part of fandom that's drifted away. And it does feel like this announcement has brought back a huge, Excitement to the, to some of the fandom that perhaps weren't that excited before, which does bring me on to the other amazing. Uh, sorry, the other of a very interesting thing that you brought up on the roundtable. The timing of it baffles me. Like the mm-hmm. like, I can totally see them announcing this if they'd have done series thirteen, and then announce this at the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
5: you that makes sense because yep. it's you've got series thirteen done, and then we're just letting you know what's happening next year or the year after. But to announce it just before series thirteen seems a really odd I, I can't get my head around that. Unless it was going to be leaked or that and I think there is part there is a bit of truth in this, it has reignited a bit of excitement in the series. <laughs> so I think there may be some people that it might actually benefit series thirteen in a way, because people are going into it now thinking, Oh well, even if I don't enjoy it, I've got Russell to look forward to, sort of thing. So there is a there is that element to it as well.
0: Yeah, for sure, it has definitely generated a bit more buzz around the show yeah, in general. Not, yeah. yeah, not specifically Series Thirteen, which I, I believe the BBC should be doing, and just these little tiny things in between Strictly and stuff and CBBC, where the Doctor's on screen for literally. Oh, it is, you know, it's those little. I'm not. Yeah, it, it's it's strange the way that the the Beeb have marketed Series Thirteen because by now we're two weeks away, aren't we? We're two weeks away from yeah. From Series One, dropping, which we'll come on to that in the news in a second. But really, they should be, you know, we should be seeing billboards up. We should be seeing proper adverts. We should have a proper trailer by now. These little, mm-hmm. you know, flashes of eight-second things that they seem to think work wonders. No, it's no. been strange, isn't it? And this whole
5: thing they did about removing all the social media for a day. What was that about?
0: Oh yeah, the whole you know, where's the Doctor? Sort of thing where, yeah, but like the, you know. the
5: Twitter account vanished and the Facebook and the, and the YouTube all vanished for like a day, didn't it? And then it came back, and we, we thought it was going to be like a massive rebranding because that would have made sense, but no, it just came back. And <laughs> I don't know see, what yeah. that was, I
0: don't know what that was about. You can see what they're trying to do, they're trying to use mm. sort of a multi medium approach, like social media channels and a bit of TV teasery bits you know to build up this picture of something's coming after the doctor and where's you know what where's the doctor sort of thing but yeah it's it just not yeah don't want to be a negative ninny to kick the show off but it just hasn't really worked as it? it's just everyone's still none the wise if you think about some of the the most successful shows in the last few years i suppose not just on the Beeb, but itv and netflix and stuff like that by this point with the show being two weeks out we've got like actor interviews we've got behind the scenes like i said we've got the billboards up we've got you know stuff in magazines and and all sorts going on and i know that that's money you know i know that's expensive and stuff but you know doctor who is the bbc's crowning jewel it should be it mm. should be it should have that budget to get everybody whipped up and so yeah so the, the timing's weird because you'd think that they'd be doing all that stuff but then out of nowhere it's like oh russell's coming back so i'm i'm 99 sure that that's a that was to to get in front of a leak that was going to come out I'm pretty sure. I
1: would
5: yeah, I would imagine so. I mean that that's the other thing I hope we get when Russell comes back is he he was very much the face of Doctor Who as well, wasn't he? Not, you know, not just the doctor, but he really he loved putting himself out there, doing interviews, he used to do the Doctor 2 magazine production notes and he really threw himself into Doctor Who and I think Maria said it on the round table, you know, probably absolutely knackered the poor guy out but you know he, he is so enthusiastic with Chibnall he's the absolute opposite we don't see or hear anything from him so that again doesn't help in terms of like creating a buzz if you know what I mean mm-hmm. like even the Moffitt was brilliant at getting out there and you know everybody he was, he was part of the personality of Doctor Who wasn't it Moffitt and RTD Definitely. whereas yeah. I don't feel I don't even know Chris Chibnall or, or You know, he's a totally different beast, isn't he? He just completely keeps himself to himself pretty much. So I'm hoping when Russell comes back, we get a bit more of that as well, where we, you know, we feel the personality of the showrunner and and what they want to do and their vision, because that's the other thing that's been missing a bit, I think, for me personally, from the Chibnall era. So we just don't know what's going on in Chibnall's mind, you know. Where is he going with stuff? And I get he likes the secrecy thing. I absolutely get that. But yeah, it's nice when you just feel like... They're talking to you a bit more, if you
0: know what I mean. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it needs that. A show like Doctor Who needs that. Other than your leading man or leading lady, it also needs that sort of person to drive the the fan community a little bit and, you know, for people to... to, And you're absolutely right. Russell and and the Mothbag, they did that in spades. They, They were always out. They always attended events. They were at signings at the BFI and did all sorts of stuff, you know. Whereas Chibbers, it's like... Has anyone seen Has anyone checked on Chris Chibnall? The news has just landed. Has any, yeah. any comment, How Chris?
5: How of milk because he got outside his house? Yeah.
0: yeah, he did that little sentence, didn't he, in the press release for RTD coming back. But other than that, you know, I'm pretty sure like the Radio Times and other people who are very much, they regularly do Doctor Who content. I'm pretty sure they would have reached out and said, so any comment? And he's like, about what?
5: Does he ever in, leave the
0: house? You know, this big thing that's happening. I know you put one sentence in the press release, when you probably knew a few weeks ago, but anything you want to say to the Who fans and stuff? Why would I do that? I've made the show. Go and watch it. I'll see you later. Yeah. All right, then. Cool. Thanks for that, Chris. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to our regular programming of talking to other showrunners about their their uh, TV shows, albeit a bit more enthusiastically. So, yeah, it is weird, mate. It's weird. And I don't think... I, as much respect as we have for, for Mr. Chibonet, I, I think... It's horrible to say, it's a bit harsh, but I don't think he's going to be missed in the same way when we lost RTD the first time round, mm-hmm. or when yeah. the moth. you know, the moth came on, he, he got a bit of a kick in the Moff, let's be honest. However, mm. he was still missed, I think, there was such a huge fan base for Matt's Doctor and everything that the Moff did, so mm. I can't say the same for Chibas. I don't think there's going to be that big outpouring of, you know, like we had with the, the other two, so mm. there you go. But I knew you'd have similar thoughts to us, dude.
5: Yeah, no, I I pretty much did. And it's a strange thing, though, isn't it? Because it's Doctor Who's quite a unique thing in that sense, isn't it? Like we don't—I can't think of any other program where I sort of need to know who the showrunner is or the director. Or it's just something that's kind of gone along with Doctor Who for a long time, isn't it? It's quite unique in a way. Like I you know, his dark materials, I don't sit there and think, oh, who's the next showrunner of Series 3? of Do-? It's just something about Doctor Who, like from the JNT days to knowing the writers like Terry Dix and Barry Letts, it's just something that's always been part of Doctor Who, that we seem to sort of latch on to who's producing it and making it. It's this very personal thing. Whereas I don't, I can't think of many other TV shows where we get that, if you, if you think about it. Like, you know, you say RTD comes on, promotes Doctor Who when he was showrunner, but I can't think of like many other shows that do it. It's just something that's part of Doctor Who, I think.
0: Yeah, you normally have it more with movies, like yeah. film directors and producers. They're they're very vocal most of the time, and they will they will jump on the press junkets and the and do the whole press tour thing alongside the actors. Mm. So you normally get it with films. You are absolutely right. With TV, it's it's scarce unless you go into like Blu Ray special features and you see like. Around table, the only thing that I've seen them do it on really is the Star Wars stuff. So the Mandalorian and some yeah, of the upcoming yeah. stuff. You'll see like John Favreau and those sorts of people. They'll be very, you know, very open and and engaging with the community and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Doctor Who falls into that very unique bucket of. Although it's not absolutely necessary, it really helps the show. It definitely helps. Yeah, know. it's it's one of those fandoms where you just need. Maybe that's why it does. It, works with star wars as well it's one of those fandoms where you absolutely need the the fans need to not need to know but it's really cool to know who's making the show and what their thoughts are and and all that stuff i think it's the big mm. franchises that are successful that need that so like the lord of the rings stuff that's being made at amazon at the minute that's going to have it absolutely mm. um you know so yeah are you absolutely right dude yeah
5: yeah, yeah, like the, the the face of Doctor Who, not just the Doctor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's exciting times, man. It's exciting it times. Is, We've yes. got a bit of a wait on our hands until um, and mind you, having said that, with with Chippers in control, we did have a wait to see what Episode One was going to throw up in terms of mm-hmm. a new series with Jodie's era. I think, though, even though the first episode of the new Russell T Davis era is going to be a little ways away. I still think because of exactly what we've just spoken about, I think we will see a lot more of him and the show before it actually lands, though, before episode one of his stuff lands. Do you know what I mean? So with the Chiba stuff, yep. we wouldn't see anything, and we just have to wait until episode one lands. I think with Russell stuff, I think we will see more, more information and a lot more stuff landing prior to his new series in 2023. Yeah, it, I know it sounds yeah. so
5: far away already, but... Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you said it on the round table. I think with Russell, I get the feeling he's raring to go, and I reckon he's got something. There must be a reason. There must be something in him that he wants to do. He wouldn't come back just because. Let's put it this way: he's not short of work, is he? There must be, he must have thought of a concept or an idea that he really wanted to do for him to come back. So I reckon he's raring to go, and I think you said on the pod on the round table. I think he's just being respectful to Chris he's just being respectful to Chris because he's probably dying to tell us all these ideas mm-hmm. he's got, but he, he doesn't want to overshadow Chris's era. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of it, I bet he's like biting his lip, He's dying to tell us who the new doctor is and he's dying to tell us what he's going to do. And I'm, I'm really hoping he's going to, I hope he's not going to be predictable. I hope he's really going to mix it up a bit. And I hope he picks some really random new doctor. There's been a lot of names thrown around, mm-hmm. which are very predictable and they probably yeah. would be good um the the girl from it's a sin whose name i can't remember but she probably would be good but i really hope it's like he throws someone in there that, that we're all like whoa who's this this is wow you know like a bit of a matt smith something very fresh not oh okay it's them then with i thought it would be someone he's worked with before you know i hope he's not going to be predictable but yeah uh,
0: yeah yeah
5: yeah but i bet he's dying to tell us stuff <laughs> he's just holding back isn't he because he doesn't want to overshadow series 13
0: yeah he is a professional in that respect i don't think he's going mm. to start yeah i think he said in his in that statement that he's just a, a fan at the minute he's just a viewer and he's enjoying looking forward to jody's last stuff and all that stuff. but that's a complete lie you can tell that in his head he's got a million thoughts and he's excited and wants to <laughs> like you said get cracking but the only thing he said on the new doctor he said the, very short and sweet he said whoever he casts as the new doctor uh apparently their only main trait has got to be that they're limitless yes which
5: i like the that? sound of yeah. that yeah they've got to be able to do anything which yeah. is absolutely right i was, was going to say a lot of people think that rtd's gonna you know on the timeless child and do all this i don't think he will i think he again it's a, it's a respect thing even if he wanted to secretly because i think he has been a supporter of the timeless child arc i think he's, he has stuck up for chris jibner which is fair enough um but i wouldn't expect him to come in and rewrite stuff Uh, I don't know he might surprise us but I doubt it I think he'll just he just won't touch it if he doesn't want to get involved in it he just won't go there I think but yeah I don't think he's going to come in and immediately change things back to how they were when he was showrunner he just yeah he'll just continue on and do his own thing I think Yeah, it's not going to be a big reset I don't think that some people are expecting
0: well let's be honest after they they dropped the whole timeless child thing Chris Chibnall hasn't done anything with it since. So, well, I, I wonder if Series
5: thirteen going to be heavily.
0: I don't know. Uh,
5: yeah, I I wonder if he's going to do something with it in Series thirteen. I'm I'm really not sure, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I, part of me hopes he does uh, because I'd like to see, like he's thrown it in there now. He's he's thrown the grenade in the room. You <laughs> may as well let it go <laughs> off and do something with it. I don't know. Not that I'm a fan of it at all, but yeah.
0: It's weird, isn't like, it? Yeah. Because yeah. you can't really put the cat back in the bag. No. But at the same time, nobody likes the look of the cat. Like cats are supposed to be cute and fluffy and you want to stroke them. But in this case, <laughs> yeah. you just want to kick it out the window.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah, this one's a bit rabid. <laughs> yeah, never thought I'd
0: say that on the podcast. i us be kicking cats, but no. figuratively speaking, of course. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows, mate? It's going to be exciting. Got that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew you'd, you'd have similar thoughts, dude. As, as we were recording, I was like, yeah, I think Adam's just nodding along listening to oh, this. Oh, I was. Like, yeah, 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 very yeah, much yeah, so. Yeah. Um, okay. So, other than listening to the round table and stuff, not done much else. The only thing I've done is super glue the um, the plungery uh, thing back onto my Imperial Dalek.
5: Oh, is that an Eagle Boss one? Figure.
0: Yeah. Dropped in, mate. Yeah. I was cleaning, I was dusting the other day and... Alas, it landed right on a thing and snapped off. So he's a little Gosh. bit worse for wear at the minute. So if Dalek Tat was still with us, he'd be cracking up laughing, I'm sure. Oh, he would. But yeah, so super glued back on. It looks right at the minute. I don't want to mess around with it too much, but.
5: He's a good, he's a golden, uh, white and gold Dalek for for the listeners. The Imperial from Remembrance. The Imperial, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah. The uh, advice of the day is um, just be careful when you're handling your. As you well know, one of your uh,
5: oh, I drop everything. Yeah. I, I drop and smash everything. Honestly, my poor tetrap.
0: Oh, the tetrap uh, that was it.
5: figurine yeah. from Harrop that was about eighty quid. Yeah, dropped him, smashed his ears and gun. <laughs> uh, I had a Dalek at the end of my bookshelf. One of the big. Uh, massive huge remote control ones on the end of the shelf and all the books fell over like dominoes and pushed him off the edge of the shelf and smashed into pieces I wreck everything and it's weird because I'm so careful and finicky about stuff I, the more careful I am the more I smash it's, it's uh, yeah, it's always been that way
0: <laughs> Yeah, occupational hazard yeah yep. Yep. right we've got no more no more chit chat to get through nope so let's uh, let's go and do a bit of news shall we we've got a few bits all to right. talk about So first up, and this is only a very quick thing, we've already mentioned it briefly, but we have a release date now for series thirteen. I need the um I need one of those round of applause sound bites where the roar of the crowd is just happy and clappy mm. and stuff. But poppings of corks. Yeah, we finally know when it's gonna drop. So mark your calendars. I'm sure you've done already. Halloween, October thirty first is when episode one of series thirteen is gonna drop. As usual. We have absolutely no no idea on um, what's going to be happening in this episode. All we know is we have a new companion, obviously, with John Bishop. Mandip mm-hmm. Gill is still with us. Talking to those guys, I think it was this morning, actually, or last night, one of them posted an Instagram shot to say that those two had finally filmed their last scenes together, and they had probably yes. wrapped on on probably next year's specially stuff. So that's all done. But anyway, Series 13, we now have a date. So, dude, we've got some... Some something new to look forward to which is awesome so in terms of our schedule we've got after this week we've got the next two weeks of stuff which we'll let you know on later to to close out uh, the rest of october and then as it lands on a sunday night and we record midweek um, we will give you our review of that first episode in the first week of november so that's when our review will drop for that so uh that's something to look forward to dude we've got uh series one sorry episode one dropping soon it's all good
5: Yes, and and Halloween ooh, as well. I mean, that's that date's been rumoured for ages. It's nice to have it confirmed. I have to say, um, I've I've got to admit. I mean, I am I am looking forward to New Who. I'm looking forward to a new series. But I've got to be completely honest. That trailer, that little teaser that they keep playing, really makes me cringe. You know, the one with Jodie <laughs> talking to the screen and you've got yeah, yeah. Mandip yeah. and John in the background doing some excellent, uh, I'm doing stuff on the TARDIS console acting. And he's like, Doctor, we need you. And she's like, I've got Weaving Angels in it. And she's doing that out of breath acting. I oh, just, it's so cringy. I'm like, please don't let that be the level of acting <laughs> in the series. Because if it is, um, I might have to hand over to one to of our writers. Because I can't, I can't subject our listeners to six episodes of just me constantly saying how bad it is because I I really hope it's not I mean I don't get wrong I'm looking forward to it but that (laughs) teaser mate honestly every time it comes on the tv it it just makes me cringe the level of awful acting in it yeah (laughs) and it's only like 20 seconds long Mm -hmm. it's just it's yeah but anyway yes it's it's great that we finally got a start and um yeah I hope it's good six episodes come on is it is it all written by Chibonator? 'Cause I haven't heard any other writers announced, so I'm assuming he's written
0: the whole thing. No, there was some other writers announced, yeah. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure anyway. Um yeah, because they, they announced very early on, didn't they? That they had a couple coming back from series twelve. Yeah. And of of course, um Chibis is gonna write on, so Oh, so he's wrote the majority of them to be fair, dude. Uh, oh, okay. It's only series uh, episode four. It's written in conjunction with Maxine Alderton. But the rest is all chibbers, mate. Sorry, you are correct. Yeah.
5: It's quite funny, isn't it, after all the sort of level of secrecy and even though we know about the weeping angels and son Tyrants coming back, so keeps it all under wraps. There's no no shots of them in the trailer or anything. And then they just spout out this teaser where Jolie just reels them off like a list. It's like it's like it's really ironic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So keep it all secret and then yeah, we'll just have the doctor. Blurting it all out in a 20-second promo. I hope we get another trailer. I think I need something more than that awful teaser to, to get me buzzing. I need. I do hope we get another trailer, like with some monsters in, uh, before yeah. before it airs. I need something to get me going. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of, as I said, looking forward to New Who, but I'm not exactly uh, chewing at the bit at the minute. I need something <laughs> to get me,
0: <laughs> yeah. get me excited for it. It'll be interesting to see what they do with this new format because we're kind of back to the key to time kind of stuff, aren't we, with the whole continuous story over a six episodes yeah. um thing, which we've not had for a while, so would be interesting to see what they do with that. And this whole Flux thing sounds quite they're flux, obviously building up yeah. the threat. So the subtitle for the new series is Flux and um yeah, they're obviously building up this this threat that something is coming for the Doctor. Something is mm. is building up to be this big threat. So I'm hoping that in episodes five and six and the finale that that pays off. And it's a decent big old thing i can't imagine it'll be too threatening because the doctor's back for another few specials for next year (laughs) yeah that's right yeah yeah so we'll see man but yeah something to look forward to and you're absolutely right let's just hope that it's not um we're not just week after week just rolling our eyes and like here we go so fingers crossed
5: i don't want another class scenario i mean i just remember like by episode three of class i was dreading reviewing it because i just thought i can't go on the podcast next week and just moan again i just i really don't want to be in that position so yes i'm hoping it's good uh on to other news uh yay another (laughs) blu-ray set has been announced um and this one has been rumored for a couple of weeks actually so yeah season 17 the tom baker era 17. 17 yeah it's coming out as mm. uh, on the blu-ray set it's yeah i mean looking at the stories we've got destiny of the Daleks, city of death it's a good one uh creature from the pit mm, nightmare of eden oh dear horns of Nymon. how wow. many Nymons
3: have you seen today
0: horns of Nymon, <laughs>
5: yeah <laughs> and of course shadow <laughs> as well um so it's a bit of a mixed bag season but uh, the thing is with these sets is it's as much about the the extras as um as the episodes themselves and the packaging's gorgeous as you'd imagine. Uh, there's loads of extras I'm not going to list them all here but there's just you know it's just packed full of great extras. I mean, we have got the behind the sofas, which my favorites. There's new making ofs and stuff. It's, there's loads on it. So it's, it's cool. I mean, at the end of the day, we want all the seasons released, don't we? So it doesn't really matter which one we get next, but yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm happy to have another Tom season, but I really, really want one of the early doctors. Like <laughs> I want to see a first or second doctor set on my shelf. I mm-hmm. really do. But so, uh, yeah, I'm happy enough with this. So cracking trailer as well.
0: It's uh, awesome, yeah! Was, trailer,
5: yeah! Another cracking trailer, yeah! For this set,
0: yeah. Season seventeen is not my, not one of my faves. I'll be honest; it's only got two decent stories, really. Well, one good story and one, it's kind of good story. <laughs> the rest, I'm, just,
5: is... so I'm guessing, city is the one you like,
0: and destiny. Yeah, yeah. city of death, very cool. Destiny of the Daleks, yeah. yeah. Any other ones? Yeah. Yeah, I must admit the others are a bit. How yeah, many nightmalls have you seen today? Yeah. Not great. <laughs> how many nightmalls have you seen today? Yeah, that's uh if you haven't seen that video, just YouTube, how many nymons it's, <laughs> uh, it's
5: How many nymons have you
1: seen today? Two. Three,
0: Three. You better some hussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for comedy value, Nymons, yeah. Watch that one for a laugh, but Yeah, but as you're right, you're absolutely right, dude. We need all of them at some point, so we can't just not have the ones that we're not huge fans of. I mean, it's all right; it's the it's okay. It's Tom, after all.
5: It's Tom, and I'm glad they've they're doing a special version of Shada where they're finally putting it in, into presented in six episodes rather than one big massive slog. Oh yeah. uh, Which you know the animation they did for it was was okay, uh, but because it was just one long episode, God, that was hard going. Uh, So I'm glad they finally. Sorted that out, and they put it into six episodes. And should be much better, I would hope.
0: Yeah.
5: So, yeah. yeah, yeah, still a must-have though, dude. It's it's got to be bought. It's got to go on the shelf. It's a, uh, it's not bad. I mean, it, it'll be as I said, it'll be worth it for the extras. I think there's a new interview with um, Lala Ward on there. I think they they may sure, have even yeah. flown over yeah. to Hong Kong to interview her. I can't remember, but um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting another one before the years out. Talking of which, it's due out in is it December thirteenth or something
0: like that? Yeah, it's not too not too far. These things normally get announced. If it
5: doesn't get put back, of
0: course. You know. <laughs> of course, yeah. These things normally get announced months and months before. So pretty quick turnaround on this one, mm. which will be good. So yeah, mid December it's due out. Be good.
5: And they're going to do a BFI screening for City of Death, I think it is, as well. Um, I'm not sure when. Uh, but that's obviously. I think it's a week or two before it comes out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So good times. Another Blu-ray box set.
5: Yes.
3: How many nine nightmares-
0: So moving on. Last bit of news. Last quick. <laughs> Adam,
5: bit. My friend. Adam will love that. Yeah. <laughs> <Go> to- <laughs>
0: uh I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the the Doctor Who exhibition that's kicking off next year. That's kind of a kind of a replacement i guess for the doctor who experience that was in cardiff Mm -hmm. and said that up you'd update you guys when we had more info on that one so the first date for the tour is may we don't know the exact date but may next year 2022 the exhibition is going to kick off and it's going to start up in liverpool which is rather good so liverpool museums that's the that's the place so these are all independent places by the way so i don't think there is like a central website for the for the for the exhibition tour that you can book tickets you just have to keep your eye on when it shifts to another city or something you just go to direct to that venues website and book your tickets through that so yeah liverpool may 22 and over on the national museum's liverpool website it's already got the stuff up there but the tickets are only available to the museum members at the moment so if you want to book a member as sort of general public That's going to be the day this podcast goes out, actually. So the 15th of October from 10am, you'll be able to jump on there and book your tickets. If you're a member, though, you can book your tickets now. It's all good. And I'm not sure on the exhibition itself, the ticket prices, but to actually get into the museum, it is £14 for adults, £13 for children. If you book in advance, it's £16 on the day and £15 for kids on the day. But I I've, I think that the tickets to actually get into the Doctor Who bit is called Worlds of Wonder. I think that might be an additional cost. I'm not 100% sure. So you'll have to keep... Or, or if your ticket covers your entry fee as well. So I'm not 100% sure on that. So we'll have to find out tomorrow. Um We're recording this on Thursday the 14th, by the way. So we'll find out tomorrow, and then we'll tweet out and let you guys know. But you off to this? I'm assume. I mean, this yeah. is probably a big blue box meetup, dude. I would have thought.
5: This, yes, definitely. I'm I'm well up for this because uh, I only went to Liverpool for the first time uh, very recently, a couple of months ago. And I had such a great weekend in Liverpool that um, I said on the way on the train back, I can't wait to go back. I, I really liked Liverpool. Um, so the fact that they're now doing a doctor exhibition there is an absolute double bonus. Um, yeah, really excited for this, actually. The, the promo picks they've put. I mean, obviously they're artist impressions, but uh, if it looks anything like these promo pictures, it looks brilliant. Um, so I'm, I'm well excited for this. Mate, definite blue box meet-up. I'm, I'm well up for this. Yeah. Definitely,
0: yeah. Yep. Really yep.
5: excited about it, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's cool. And um, uh, as it's in Liverpool for the premiere of the exhibition, we might get John Bishop turn up on, on day <laughs> one and do a little... I was in Doctor Who. Oh, I can't do that accent. There we go. <laughs> I was up the road there. Just down the road there, doing Doctor Who down the road.
5: It's sort of a cross between Ringo yeah. Starr and
0: Chris Eccleston. Ringo yeah, that's correct.
5: <laughs> yeah, but it's great to see the costumes and stuff hmm. getting, getting back on display. I mean, that's brilliant because uh, I was wondering what had happened to them after they you know, been boxed up from the experience. And there's the big old face of Bo. It looks like he's going to be there. Car boots on. K1 robot. ha! <laughs>
0: imagine make a few quid on that
5: oh, imagine seeing the k1 robot at a car boot oh yeah.
0: dear how much for that beat up old robot looks like a dog <laughs> Fiverr. <laughs> 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 so uh yeah the worlds of wonder the uh the doctor who exhibition just a reminder it's not like the experience where it's about the props and everything they'll be there all that stuff will be there but this is more about exploring the science behind Doctor Who and and how it inspired the storytelling and and all that jazz. So it's a bit of a a double hit combo. You get all the Doctor Who cool stuff, but then you also get the uh, the sciencey bit behind it. So there we go. We'll probably be up there. We'll let you guys know we're going to be there. We'll do a big a big fan meetup or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, a bit amazing. Yes, right. That's news. Knocked off the shelf.
3: How many have-
0: So let's get on to <laughs> our review this week and what we're we doing this week, Bud.
5: Well, you know, we we we, we got to try and stay clear of the old dodgy American accents because we'll get told off. <laughs> but this one's full of them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're drifting back to season three of Doctor Who with the with the Hartnell story, The Gunfighters. Well, if it ain't a great
4: time. oh, you flatter me, young man.
3: Yes, Doc, I would like you to meet the the Clanton brothers. The Clanton brothers. Oh dear. I mean, uh, how do you do?
0: plantings and holiday in town you
3: and me headed for a load of trouble boy we shot down one of the earth brothers now you really have declared war i'd blast you down as soon as spit at you we're leaving now you're under arrest pop Uh, under arrest
1: and don't you call me pop look we'll give you five minutes
5: how it
0: is, my prisoner? Oh, well, that's too bad. But if he ain't out of there in two minutes. His friend Regret here's gonna swing in his place. Yeah. now. Yeah, the gunfighters, my boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Yes, <laughs> the gunfighters. We're back to the old black and white days. Obviously, mm-hmm. first broadcast back on the thirtieth of April, nineteen sixty-six. Uh, And went through till the 21st of May. It was written by Donald Cotton, directed by Rex Tucker. It's a very cool name. Mm. Uh, William Hartnell, of course, as the Doctor. Peter Purvis and Jackie Lane. Stephen and Dodo. Pretty decent um, supporting cast number on this one. And synopsis is when the first Doctor Stephen and Dodo arrive in the town of Tombstone in 1881, the Doctor's only aim is to find a dentist. Adamant that they should only stay at night, at night in Tombstone, the doctor finds their stay prolonged when he inadvertently becomes involved with a group of gunmen out to kill Doc Holiday. So, dude, four parts of a Doctor Who western. What are your thoughts?
5: I'm gonna get off my horse and <laughs> drink my milk. <laughs> and, well, uh, I've got a bit. This took it took a bit of getting into this one. I'll be honest, I because it, it's it's tonally, it's quite strange, isn't it? It's sort of a mix between a Western and a comedy. Um, yeah, I wasn't, it took me a bit to get into it, I'll be honest. So, so I've watched the first one. I mean, it's not the first time I've watched it, obviously, but it's not one I go back to very often. Uh, watched the first app and I thought, yeah, it's all right. yeah, it's kind of get the plot, you know, doctor's been mistaken for Doc Holliday, okay. And that's kind of pretty much the whole story. Um, but what saves, saves it for me is Hartnell, really. He's just so good in it. He it, it, it really lifts every scene that he's in. He's, um, you know, I, I, I sort of felt a bit sorry for William Hartnell because I'm thinking it's this is close to the time when he would have been hauled into, you know, into um, the office and, mm. and told, you know, I think it's time you left and we're going to get someone new. And he, he's, to me, he seems to be firing on all cylinders. I, You know, there's the odd fluff, of course. But... Um, but he's really going for it, and he seems like he's having a lot of fun. Uh, even though, if you watch the documentary, um, him and uh, the new producer—oh, um, it's not Innes Lloyd. Sorry, not the producer. They've forgotten the guy's name. Something wild. Um, anyway, him and Hartnell just did not—they were like chalk and cheese. Apparently, there was a lot of fireworks uh, <laughs> during this story between him and—I'm um, sorry—I've forgotten the guy's name. Was he a producer, was he? Um, I thought he was a producer, but I can't see his name on the list. But, yeah, so, yeah, Hartnell, a little bit volatile um, because, obviously, Verity Lambert's left. It's the person that took over from Verity Lambert, actually. Um, Obviously, yeah, Verity's left, so Hartnell's a bit wild off-camera, apparently. So you wouldn't know that looking at it. it. To me, it seems like he's having a blast. He's really into the stories, delivering the humour really well. He's, he's finding a really good balance between being the serious Doctor and throwing in some comedy lines. Uh, I love the stuff like, you know, how don't call me pop and all that. It gets very irascible. All the stuff I love from Hartnell's Doctor. So um, overall, I, re- I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a bit of an odd one. I think you have to be in the mood for it, certainly. Because um, there were times when I was getting a little bit... I think in the middle I was getting a little bit sort of starting to flag a bit because the story itself is not that great. You know, it's it's a very simple story, but I, I, I like the fact it's trying something different. It's interesting to see Doctor Who doing a Western. It's interesting to have like these musical interludes that sort of fill in the gaps of the story very strange but again I like it because it's different but it does start to grate on you by episode four a bit so a bit of a mixed bag overall though I enjoyed it and I I liked the fact it was trying something different but I wouldn't say it's a classic I I just think it's one that if you're in the mood for it and you, you know you haven't seen it before it's it's a it's a good little watch and it's got some good moments but yeah it doesn't quite reach the heights of a classic Hartnell for me but I liked it
0: Okay. Okay, I think I I, th- I agree with you on most of that, dude. The thing yeah. I agree with you the most on is that Hartnell is the star of of making this, because um, the story itself is really really simple, but it's dragged out over four episodes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's just a bunch of dudes who want to kill this guy. That's it. That's yeah. That's as far as and as in depth as it goes, and it's just this kind of in each episode they very comedically managed to not kill him for whatever reason and then it culminates with this like typical western shootout and that's it this all could have been done in one episode it really could have done it could be a <laughs> a 20 minute thing like um so in order to in my opinion anyway in order to circumvent the the whole really stretching out the story across four episodes it really needed something which is Hartnell for me. It, it he just like you said, it's weird because he's um he's on his way out at this point, isn't he? So we've got what, two more stories for series three. Mm. And then he's got those two little interim um stories at the start of season four, or series four, should I say. Uh and then that's it. So at this point he's absolutely aware, isn't he, that, you know, it's uh it's see you later time.
5: Yeah, like the writings on the wall. Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it doesn't seem to affect his performance in this. I'm not sure exactly what went on behind the scenes. Uh, maybe he was cranky and stuff when he, the cameras weren't rolling, but certainly in front of the camera, he was uh, he was just awesome. He had that real good classic mix of um, kind of grumpy Hartnell. He had a good mix mm. of comedy and that uh, one of those rare times that they explored this thing with the Doctor where. Hart Hartnell's doctor was a little bit black and white, and I don't mean that as in mm. um as in visually on the screen. I mean like he was either he was either grumpy or he was happy. Mm. There was very few times where he had this kind of McCoy like, what's he up to? You know, he's kind of scheming something here.
5: Yes, yeah, so I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean he did that in a couple of stories, but it was very much on the nose, and you knew exactly what it was. Whereas in this one, he did that rare thing with Hartnell where he he played he played the dumb person a couple of times in the story. Mm. You know, he was very much, um, yeah, just a couple of times where, although he's playing very much the, the Hartnell that we know, there were a few scenes where, well, like when he was sort of surrounded by the gang and stuff like that, he kind of backed away a little bit. And yeah. And the the bit where somebody got shot in front of him and turned out it was Doc Holiday up on the stairs and stuff. And, yes yeah you know he was like oh you know he knows exactly what's happened but he's like oh mm. you know take this gun from me and all that sort of stuff so those things combined it just makes for such a cool performance and to be honest with you mate it's just really needed because like you oh hugely yeah. like you know uh, to the end of episode two and certainly through episode three i'm just sitting there thinking if i hear this bloody song one more time <laughs> yeah and if stuff doesn't move forward I remember the first time I watched it thinking, oh, this is cool. You know, they're mm. changing it up. You know, it's all, this is something new for for Hartnell's era. This is kind of cool. But then the same thoughts came back to me as well, the first time I watched it. As soon as I'm into episode three, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to fast forward it. Obviously, I'm not mm. going to skip, but I'm really tempted to do that right now. Just skip to like halfway through episode four. So it is a bit of a padded one for sure.
5: Yeah, I think I was the same. It's that dreaded episode three scenario, isn't it? I, I was like that. By episode three, I was thinking, because I, I watched two and two, so I watched two episodes, one night and two the other. I thought I'd split it up because, because like you said, not much happens once you get into the initial story. Um, it is quite padded out. And uh, like you said, Hartnell really saves it for me. And uh, I think that sounds it for you. It's uh, John Wiles uh, was the producer that him and Hartnell were at each other's throats a lot. Apparently, oh, okay. um, I think he took over from Verity Lambert, and um, and then producer In Innes Lloyd, I think it's how you say his name, mm-hmm. was very much the peacekeeper. Uh, very much got on with Hartnell. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was quite a turbulent time. And it, th- the thing is, it just going back to Hartnell's performance, it it does strike me the more I watch his last couple of episodes, stories, sorry, so like this one, and then the War Machines, uh, which comes is it next door or one of the next stories. Uh, which is one of my favourites, I absolutely love the War Machines, and, yeah. um, oh, it's the Smugglers,
0: no, it's so the Savages next, and then it's the War Machines,
5: Savages, then yeah. the War Machines, I mean, Hartnell's superb in the War Machines, and uh, gives a great performance, and I know we're struggling, like, but Hartnell's fluff lines ever since, you know, An Earthly Child, it's just part of his, you know, it's just one of those things, and you don't, I don't need, it doesn't bother me at all, it's, we fluff lines in real life, like very often on the podcast. I'll get tongue-tied and I can't find the words I'm looking for. It's, it's actually, it's, it's strange because it's more of a realistic thing to actually fluff your lines. But of course, in television, you want to be word perfect, which actually isn't true to real life, but it's just the way it is. So it doesn't bother me that Hartnell fluffs his lines. And I, I don't see a particular moment where I think, oh yeah, you can tell he's got really bad. I think there are moments perhaps in the 10th planet where you might think, oh yeah, he's, you yeah. know. But even that, even that story, I think he's great in it, so it it starts to make me think that maybe Hartner was um a little bit pushed out um I mean there's no denying he had a health condition definitely affected his learning his lines i I know that, but I can't help but feel like some of the stuff going on behind the scenes might have also contributed to the producers who were then you know then taken over from verity saying you know this guy he's 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 very difficult to work with let's He's not learning his lines very well. He's got, you know, he's not very well person. Let's get rid of him. Let's get a new guy. Because Annika Will says on the making of, you know, she she found Hartnell very difficult in terms of some of his views on mm. on life. And yeah. um, you know, she was brought in in the War Machines, and she said, you know, work with Patrick Truong compared to Hartnell, she just found it so much easier. So I can't, I don't know, I can't help but feel like I just feel a little bit sorry for Bill because. He loved this part, he made it his own and he, it, to me still given a great performance. Um, forget the stuff that's going on behind the scenes because that doesn't seem to translate onto screen to me. It, to, to me it's still a good performance. so I, I feel a little bit sorry that in just a few stories' time he'll be given the boot really, because it wasn't yeah. very much wasn't his decision to, to leave. and I think although it probably was unavoidable because of his you know health condition um it's i just still feel it's a shame i still when i see him like firing on all cylinders in in a story like this which would have otherwise been really dull
0: mm-hmm.
5: you know apart from the odds i mean the end scene's great the the shootout at the end's brilliant <laughs> but you know apart from these odd moments uh if partner wasn't in this it would be dull as dishwater quite frankly
0: yeah no agreed man definitely agreed on that dude it's um it's one of those stories as well where you can just tell that things are not not quite right behind the scenes because although uh, William Hartnell didn't get on quite well with the producer that you mentioned, is it Wiles, yeah. John Wiles? Is it? is it John Wiles? Yeah, 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 John Wiles. Yeah, both him and Peter Purvis really didn't like Rex Tucker either.
5: Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, they didn't get on at all. That They both felt that Rex Tucker thought that Doctor Who was just beneath him sort of thing. It was just a oh. crappy little show that he was brought on to to direct for I didn't really because he was unhappy with loads of things apparently rex Tucker he really wanted an all an all-american slash canadian cast that obviously was very difficult they couldn't do that Mm -hmm. he wasn't happy with the ending to the point where he just wanted his name taken off of the last episode he just wanted to be uncredited on that last episode because he was so unhappy (laughs) with the um Mm -hmm. with the the ending and stuff like that so you can tell that and also peter purvis alongside didn't he didn't get along with Rex Tucker. He hated the script as well.
5: Yes, he didn't like it at all. He, he says he's, he watching it back, Peter Purvis says, you know, he thinks he's, he, he quite likes it, but he didn't at the time. He hated the, the script and the story. Yeah, he thought it was rubbish.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you can tell that, you know, you can tell that behind the scenes, things weren't quite rocking and rolling as you would. As, I know that happens a lot on TV, especially with Doctor Who. There's always, you know. Someone's unhappy about something or whatever, but it just goes hand in hand a little bit with what you were saying about William Hartnell being almost forced out. You know, it must have not been a nice, you know, thing to have to work through as mm. as the lead actor, and the leading man on a show, to know that your your time's almost up, and then you just don't get along with the director, and the, this person's annoying you, and yeah. So I think that does affect the 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 overall vibe of this episode to me um Mm. it definitely does affect it and it's weird because it doesn't affect the next two though in my opinion so the savages and the war machines they're like the opposite for me like you can tell that all of the cast members are really doing the business and kind of believing in what it is but i just felt I, i honestly feel like that with the gunfighters it's a bit like i don't know it's like there's only a couple of performances that are Believable to me, maybe that's because the performances weren't very good from a few people, but really it was just Hartnell and the um the lady that played what's her face uh, uh, can't remember her name yeah. <laughs>
5: that won't surprise any listeners yeah <laughs> our memories haven't improved well, I've been on holiday
0: yeah what's her you know the woman that's going to run away with doc Holliday yeah, who yeah. works in the bar on the piano. Uh, I thought she was um, she wasn't very good, but she you can tell that she was giving it. You know she she was in top gear on a few scenes and she was quite good. The rest of the people, the the other cast members, we'll come back to um to peace Purvis and Jackie Lane in a in a minute, but the other cast members, it was to me a combination of they were trying too hard in most of their scenes. It was like right guys, if you. Have you watched any westerns before? We've seen a couple, like go and watch them again. Go and watch, you know, the whole cowboy thing, and you should be fine. So when they come back, they're all doing this really exaggerated, like their movements as well, and like everything's exaggerated, and the way they're trying to deliver their lines. It's like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the supporting cast, but. Um, no, I
5: do. I do get what you mean. I mean, the accents, yeah, yeah they, they are. That's the thing. I think some of them are trying really hard, but like you said, almost too hard. Like the guy at the bar, I quite like him. You know, the barman. Oh, yeah. Um, I I liked him enough to feel sorry for him when he got shot. I was like, oh, he didn't deserve that. <laughs> you know, because he was being really kind. But um. And I think he's the guy from City of Death as well. I'm he pretty is. sure yeah, it's yeah. the same actor. Yeah. yeah. So I liked him. Although it wasn't the best performance. He was a likeable character. But yeah, some of them. I think the guy who's playing Billy is uh, really going for it. You know what I mean? It's like like you said, trying way too hard. It's almost cringy, really. Um, And a lot of the other cast as well. Johnny Ringo's being very sort of pantomime villain. uh, Oh, dude.
0: Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Just on him for a second. (laughs) Um, Played by Lawrence Payne. Did you notice that in a few scenes he just completely didn't bother with the US, with his American accent? Yeah, yeah, just I know. turned it off. he like,
5: yeah, even- didn't bother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are some scenes where there's a few of the actors where you think, okay, that line sounded okay. Mm-hmm. You did that one the business, but then this other line, it just your Yorkshire accent is stronger in that line than it is on this one. Yeah. You could kind of forgive that, you know, it's, it's hard to keep that up, I suppose, as an actor. I think there's only a few actors in history that have done it convincingly where people have thought that they are American. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the dude that played House, um, was it Hugh Laurie? Hugh Laurie. Yeah. yeah. He's really convincing with his American accent. There were so many people that had never heard of him before in America that just assumed he was just another American actor. So, yeah. but it must be a struggle to mentally keep that up as you're shooting all the time however lawrence payne johnny ringo old ringo there were some scenes where he didn't even attempt to do the american accent and you would have thought that everybody not just the director but everybody on that set would have gone i assume we're going for another take because he hasn't done the accent Mm. (laughs) but no it's just remarkably they just carry on it's like okay just carry on so he's from leeds at this point is he Okay. And then in the next scene it's like, oh, you're from Kansas again, are you? Okay, cool. We'll we'll roll with that. It's fine. So what was a story that we, we canned recently for all the bad accents? Was it um dialects in Manhattan? And, oh yeah, yeah. I had a few different ones, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, dude? I, I think it's just a case of you've got to go with it, man. You've just got to accept the fact that some British actors are just mediocre at the US accent. So you just kind yeah. of go with it and just think, okay. Uh but it's just it's just fun it's more I think it's more funny than anything yeah, else. To yeah, yeah.
5: I was gonna yeah. say you kinda get a bit like with Dice in and you kinda get used to it after a while. But <laughs> I mean even Peter Purvis, he he sort of um he starts doing American accent just to sort of fit in. And then sometimes he does it and sometimes he doesn't. Uh but that's obviously obviously he's not supposed to be American anyway I think he's just doing it as the character trying to fit in and then he kind of gives up exactly as well. yeah. yeah Yeah. which yeah. is weird because you know he played another character didn't he or he was in Doctor Who before he became Steven Tyler but I can't remember if it was supposed to be the same character I don't think it was but he was American, so maybe it was a different character. And again, it was a very dodgy American accent that he did. I can't remember what story. It
0: was. He was in the Chase, wasn't he? I think the Chase. That's it. Yeah, yeah. playing somebody else. Morton Dill in the Chase. Yeah, that's
5: it. Yeah. So yeah. he's, he, you know, so he had to do an American accent for that. And um, let's just say I'm afraid <laughs> it hasn't got any better <laughs> uh, by this point. In you know, in the story. Um, yeah, it's interesting that he didn't like the story at all. He seems to be fairly into it i mean he's sort of going for it i think it's the fact he didn't want to sing the song i think he said he didn't oh, didn't like it. i mean it is oh it, oh it is hard work isn't it that song
0: yeah got jackie he's lane like, who's doing her best to pretend <laughs> to play the piano and yeah it's a right i'll carry on
5: you can tell their sort of gritted teeth can't wait for the scene to be over <laughs> uh, <fair enough. laughs> yeah
0: so the accents aside i think the supporting cast they're not terrible, mate. There's a couple of decent little performances. I think the barman was quite cool. He, he, you can tell that he had really studied other barman in Western films. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was, true. Yeah. He was kind I'm of exactly authentic. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was, for me, I think that's kind of the, the tipping point for this story. I think it's, if you're going to try and do a proper Western, which they're obviously trying to do, mm. there has to be some level of authenticity because even though Doctor Who bends the rules a little bit with this stuff, once you, what if that, if the authenticity falls flat, then it just becomes like a pantomime. Mm, you know, this yeah. could have, this could have very easily been a stage show to me with the different sets just coming on, like, you know, in a high score uh, play sort of thing. So the thing is with this story though, it does drift in and out of that a little bit. It does. So, yeah. There's yeah. a scene where it's all, all the bad stuff is in one scene. It's a bit where, uh, what's the barman's name? What's his bloody name? Um, there's a bit where he gets shot Um, and you've got the gang there and um, uh, there's a lot going on. Stephen's there. So you've got Stephen, uh, Peter Purvis doing his kind of in and out accent. You've got Ringo doing his in and out accent. You've got the other guys that are doing their best to do an accent. And then the barman gets shot and as he lands on the bar, the whole thing wobbles around. I noticed (laughs) that, yeah. It's meant to be like a really big solid wood bar you know you couldn't put anyone through it but um yeah so there's yeah, he nearly th- topples it doesn't he yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: that nearly falls over
0: yeah. yeah so there's a couple of scenes like that where all the bad stuff is together in one bit <laughs> uh and then you've got the <laughs> but f- thankfully that's kind of few and far between it the rest of the time you can absolutely see that they're trying to be authentic and stuff like that i mean right from the outset you can tell it's kind of authentic because they're on proper horses. Yeah that's you know? a
5: good start isn't it I must admit when i saw the horses riding in at the beginning i thought god this is quite ambitious because you know real horses in probably a tiny bbc studio um yeah the, the, there's definitely effort gone into it i mean i'm surprised to to hear about the director because i thought f- for Doctor Who at this time it was quite well directed in terms of there's some nice high shots you know where the camera's looking down on the sets the sets themselves as well for this era of Doctor Who I think are are fairly decent obviously we've got the wobbly bar but that's that's more the fault of the actor falling on it Um, but it looks good you know the bar sets look good the room sets the the actual um, you know the actual exterior sets as well it looks pretty good for Doctor Who at this time I feel like there's effort gone into it um but yeah it just unfortunately it doesn't all come together and i think the the main problem with this one is the fact it hasn't got enough story to sustain
0: yeah, four yeah. episodes yeah yeah definitely and the whole vibe of the thing as well it's kind of weird it's the sort of thing that you'd expect in in the modern era of doctor who to be some kind of comic relief special or something like that that's the mm. if they were to fast forward you know 60 years whatever that would be the kind of thing that you would have this you know, with the whole, I, I guess in modern times you would mock the accent. You would try and do it in a comedic way and you'd have, I don't know, you'd have Hugh Grant off singing the song with the thing, you know, with the, the telephone number around the bucket and stuff. And yeah. you'd have the doctor kind of going in and out of stuff and companions in costume. It very much feels like a, like a novelty story. Like it's a sort of thing that you would do for a laugh. But they're trying to do it seriously. So the whole vibe of the thing is weird to me as well.
5: Yeah, the tone is the tone is definitely a bit odd. Yeah. It's
0: weird, isn't it? So what do you think to the to the music then then? This song that plays in and out of every single it's like they've replaced like the, the standard wipe of a cut with a bit of a music intersection and mm. it's uh I didn't mind it at first in episode one when they did it in the intro leading up to the story and it kind of sets the tone for quite nicely. It's got that old kind of, you know, the old piano and Everything you'd expect from Western music, but um, from a Western, should I say. Um, But then when it keeps coming in all the time, it's almost like it's, um, you know, the really, really old black and white films, the silent films from. Yeah. There was always a person that held up cards and they sort of take the other one away and take the other one away. And it spelled out exactly what was happening because you needed it to because there was no sound. It was almost like uh, it was almost like that. They were trying to do that, but with song. So, as you go between sort of various parts of the, of the story, you'd have that person saying, you know, blood on the sawdust. At okay, because <laughs> there's just been a shootout or someone's been shot or something. So, what mm-hmm. did you think to the whole story, the, the using the music thing? Because I don't think they did it after this until bloody hell, song for 10. Yeah, I going to say,
5: it's yeah. a long time. I, yeah, I, I I agree, because I think at the start it's quite nice, because you think, oh, this is a bit different for Doctor Who, but then by episode three, you're like, oh, that blimmin' song, because it's quite <laughs> dreary, isn't it? That's yeah. the problem. It, it works okay at the beginning, because like you said, it sets the scene, but yeah, by the time you get to episode three and four, it's just such a dreary almost depressing song that when it kicks in, you're like, it's not, you know, it's not as if the episode itself is exciting. It just adds to the gloom. So, yeah, it gets a bit too repetitive and boring, unfortunately. But I agree with you. I quite liked it to begin with, but it quickly gets boring, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon.
5: Our guys at uh, the Lost and Gallifrey podcast are going to be, I mean, they use it relentlessly. They're going to be shouting down the shouting at their phones listening to this aren't they because they love it but uh you you use it well guys you use it well but you do yes yeah. <laughs> uh
0: interesting little fact just a little diddy one uh the woman who performed the song is linda baron
5: oh yeah yeah i read that somewhere yeah do you recognize that name she's been in loads of things she was in the when she is that the woman from the tortured episode the one at the wedding is that linda baron or i'm getting confused not sure you know the one that turns into a I think it's Reese's mum, isn't it? Mm,
0: is that Linda Barron? I don't think so.
5: No? Oh no, that's Neris Hughes. What am I talking yeah. about? That's Hughes. Linda Barron. I know the name. Yeah, she's been in loads and loads of um She's not the gravy advert woman, is she? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is oh no, it? no, no, that's not the you mean the OXO advert. Yeah. No, that's not her. That's Linda. That was um what's her name? MP for Clydesdale North from the Advert.
5: No no it's
0: not no we're really getting confused no that's not her You know who I mean though I do MP what's um Harriet ha- Harriet Jones Jones yeah no she was in the gravy famous say, uh, what advert are you talking about them for gravy
5: Yeah the Oxo, Oxo one that's a different woman is it Yes Oh of it's course it
0: sorry. is yeah no she, oh yeah <laughs>
5: oh we're really getting tangled now hold on so uh, for, so who's linda baron
0: <laughs> uh well hold on let me just let's clear that. this up linda, so
5: yeah let's get this google linda for,
0: Barron. uh if you're listening and you're not from the uk back in the 80s there was a very popular advert about oxo and oxo is like a little um beef yeast extracty cube that you use to make gravy for your roast dinner um and the advert was really <laughs> popular so linda bellingham
5: Bellium, Linda Bellyum, She's gravy the
0: gravy woman. She's the gravy woman. She's also obviously, she was a, a very big TV actress here in the UK. Yeah. So that's the Oxo woman. Right. Um, nothing to do with Harriet Jones, MP for Clydesdale no. North. Nothing to do with her. <laughs> Linda Barron, she did, uh, I'm pretty sure she did quite a bit of um, TV, like kids' TV back in the day, but she was oh, also she's a,
5: open all hours and all that sort of thing. Right. Yes. yes last yeah. of the summer wine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She does look a bit like narrow shoes actually, to be fair. A little bit. Yeah.
0: A Tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that clears that up. So, yeah. so Linda right. Barron, she did go on and do tons of tons of TV stuff. Very but she sung this theme tune, yeah. theme tune. She sang, she sang the song. She like wrote the gravy. theme tune, sung the theme tune. Yeah. So the ballad of the last chance saloon. Yeah also sung by peter purvis reasonably well
5: and available in all good record stores and
0: digital download indeedy yeah probably they actually <laughs> put a copy of this song didn't they on the on the it south- is on something yeah, yeah there's a special cd soundtrack release or something like that where you can you can listen to the whole thing in all its glory which oh, is rather nice yeah me. yeah uh right what did you think to um to jackie lane then we haven't spoken <laughs> about dodo in a, in a little bit but uh, wow, well, she doesn't really get anything to do, does she? She gets kidnapped for a while, and she ends up having a good old crack with Kate. Is it Kate? Yeah, yes, is yes, Kate, yeah, Sheena Marsh, yeah, Kate. She so this Doc Holiday guy, he's he's arrived back in Tombstone, and he wants to get Kate and he wants to marry her, and they're going to run off together. That's the basically the story, isn't it? But these round of you know these, uh, you know these Ron tooting, rotten tooting cowboys they're they're trying to take him out so while trying to accomplish that they kidnap dodo they take her off and they stay in this this other well actually stay upstairs in the same bar as where these dudes are um so they're up there and she's having a crack and there's one bit where doc holiday's gone back to his office to get a bottle of whiskey he's got the ump and uh i think dodo says to so Kate, you know, why'd you put with him? She's like, oh, you know, men, blah, blah, blah. They roll their eyes, have a little laugh together. <laughs> and then before that, there's just a bit of excitement in the TARDIS when the TARDIS lands. It's, interestingly, they just do away with the TARDIS materialisation. It's just, yeah, it's going to land weird, behind that it? door. Yeah. <laughs> um,
5: but there's like a really long shot where you're waiting for it to appear. <laughs> and then it just cuts to it being there. It's really <laughs> strange, that.
0: Well, yeah, it's just time-saving, mate. It's like, well, we know it's going to be in there eventually, so just... <laughs> Do the sound effect and we'll cut to them coming out. <laughs> so when they come out, they get excited, don't they, that they're in the Wild West and they yeah. come out. He's looking like Woody from Toy Story. She's got... Yes, he does. Um, yeah. You know, she's all <laughs> excited and jumping around. That's probably the most animated you see her in the story, unfortunately, for Jackie. She, like you said, she doesn't really get a great deal. She plays a piano for a little while. And,
5: the, the writers yeah. don't know what to do with her, do they? I mean, mm. that you're right. That's probably the best scene. she get, When she gives the Doctor the hat, it's a lovely little moment, isn't it? he does he really suits it yeah and he's you know he's playing the whole toothache thing well but yeah dodo i mean the thing is there are two little moments of this where she really you know you can see there was good potential in the character there's there's two moments where she really stands up for herself i think there's a bit when she's talking to Wyatt Earp up in the room or is it doc holiday i forget i don't know one of them she's sort of um he's bossing her around and she's having none of it and you know i thought oh that's good she's finally like you know, got some good lines and and she delivers them well and she's got a good, you know, good bit of uh, oomph mm-hmm. to her performance. But unfortunately, apart from those two, you know, minuscule little scenes, there's nothing really. And I think it's a shame because you, you definitely see potential when she's given stuff to do like that. Um, but sadly, they don't really give her anything to do. So she just, I mean, she may as well not be in it really little
0: bit mm. yeah,
5: totally sort of forgotten by the writer, really, yeah, and I think that that applies to a lot of her stories. I think she's a companion um that gets forgotten about um uh, i mean i I hate to say it, I often forget about dodo, um which is a real shame, i think
0: yes, no, I agree with you, mate, yeah, it's one of those you know a two p- a two companion with the doctor thing is not busy by any stretch, no so no. there's absolutely potential there to write some cool stuff for her, but
5: And you'd have thought they'd have Mm. learned, like, with Susan, I think the whole reason, you know, um, Caroline Ford left her because she felt like they didn't know what to do with her character and she wasn't getting any progression. They didn't sort of learn anything from that, you know. So they bring in Dodo, a sort of, not a similar character, but, you know, uh, sort of a replacement for Susan, Mm -hmm. someone that the Doctor could be a grandfather to. And, yeah, they don't really, again, they just sort of just have them there in the background. It's yeah, yeah, it's just a bit of a waste, really. A little bit, mate.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. what did you think to Doc Holliday then, Anthony Jacobs?
5: <laughs> he was all right, actually. <laughs> he's not too bad. I mean, he, he totally gets the part he's playing, doesn't he? And he's, Absolutely. like you said earlier, he's, he's going for it. Um, he's not too bad. He's, he's not bad performance from him.
0: Yeah, not too bad. His accent was fairly solid throughout as well. It was all right. right. Didn't yeah. It, yeah, it didn't dip like some of the other people who just gave up <laughs> <laughs> halfway through. Yeah, not too bad. And then we had the... Uh, we had the um, the Erp dudes, didn't Marshall. we? Marshall, so, yeah, yeah. So we had Marshall Wyatt Earp, and then we had Warren and Virgil, sort of thing. They're they're absolutely useless. Like in terms of Western films, the sheriff and the the, the deputies and stuff like that, they're always useless. You know, they always either get shot or they can't stop whatever. You know crime the outlaws are, are, are gonna you know they just can't do it yeah, so, yeah they're
5: pretty useless yeah
0: not much different in this one then so they do manage to sort of keep the doctor safe they throw him in jail for the night don't they even though he, even though they give him like you know Stephen turns up he's like right i've got a gun for you you can use this to escape and he's just like I mean, none of it he's like no i'm here for a very good reason i'll be here for some time there's he's just not quite putting two and two together yeah um and then the erps uh, you know they don't really you know They're trying to protect him, you know, they don't want him to get shot because they still think that he's Doc Holliday, weirdly mm. enough, which is the big, <laughs> kind of the thing, isn't it? It's like a person swap, it's like, well, you've got Doc Holliday's gun, it's got his insignia on it, uh, and you're a doctor, sort of thing, you must be Doc Holiday, and that's sort of <laughs> weird, even though they know Doc Holiday's upstairs with Kate, <laughs> nobody tries to prove anything wrong, so they still think at this point, when he's in jail for the night, he's the real Doc Holiday. Um, so they do their best at trying to protect him and stuff, and it's not until the mm. showdown at the end that you know they shoot all the baddies. But so it's not the... a
5: bad shooter, actually, is it? For again, for the time, you know, like fight scenes and shootouts in early Doctor Who can be very staged and yeah. and uh, and clunky. Uh, yeah. The shootout in this one, again, I'll, I'll give the give uh, hats off to the director. It's it's pretty pretty good for the time.
0: For the time, yeah, it's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, for the time. Yeah, but I, one of the so I... uh, is it the is it Marshall? Um, he actually knows that Doc Holliday's here because he bumps into him in his office and has a conversation with him and yeah and all the rest of it. So he's in on the game. He knows, you know, he knows the crack. But yeah,
5: I, I do like the fact. I mean, this whole thing with the doctor and not having guns. I like that because that's that's run through Dot Two for quite a while. I think you compared yeah. it a bit to the McCoy area earlier, didn't you, uh, Hartnell? And that you know McCoy's doctor is very much anti-gun and wouldn't carry a gun. So I like the fact it's still present even in this very early stages of doctor who
0: yes yeah yes. indeed so the Earp characters weren't too bad so marshall yeah john alderson not too bad those guys i think i preferred them to the the clanton uh gang you know those guys where they're
5: yeah, we're definitely on the Earp
0: side yes yeah so the clantons so yeah, so that's reed reed de rowan william Herndell, morris good and david cole those guys they were just trying a bit too hard, I think to be like cowboys from a Western mm-hmm. rather yeah. than their characters just happen to be, you know, American, you know, you know, what I'm trying to say, but
5: a bit more caricature. Yeah. I know exactly what you exactly, mean. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A bit more yeah.
0: caricature than trying to do their characters justice in terms of what they were trying to do. But, uh, are we missing anyone? Are we missing anyone from here? Um, no, not really. I think we, you yeah, Johnny Ringo, uh, Charlie. Was it Charlie who was the barman? Charlie's the barman. David Graham. Yeah, yeah. old Charlie. Yeah, old he did. Charlie. Got blasted. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah, it was Ringo, wasn't it, that shot him? Oh, nasty oh, old Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then there's no kind of, well, there's a little bit of incidental music. It's not amazing. It's just uh, it's the the priority for the music is the the ballad song that kicks in. The, the rest of it by Tristram Carey was fairly light on the ground. I can't remember anything...
5: Yeah, he could be quite experimental, can't he, Tristan Carey? Some of his music's a bit wacky. Yeah. Um yep. but uh yeah, it didn't yeah, not too bad. I mean, it didn't really yeah, it wasn't too outrageous in this. I think it was all right, but there wasn't
0: much from what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Uh right. I think we could probably do another podcast diving into the details behind this one. But to wrap it up, um, from sort of story and character and all that stuff, uh, let's put some scores on it all. Unless you've got anything else. No, no, yep. not at
5: all. No, yep. no, it's all good.
0: Okay, uh, I have no idea who's going to go first.
5: You, you go first so, on this one. You go first. Okay, I'll go
0: first. So I'm going to give this a. I'm going to give this a four point five.
5: Oh wow, that's low.
0: Yeah, because because. Um, initially I thought, yeah, this is not a bad kind of middle of the road, kind of story. But then again, I thought, actually, no, I just didn't really enjoy it. Past certainly past episode one it's so stretched out in terms of story and the accents and the song and everything it's just I, it was one of those stories when I kept where I came away from it thinking I, I just didn't really enjoy it that much it was okay it was okay Hartnell was great and everything but I didn't think afterwards like oh that was a cool one just not really enjoyable mate
5: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's not one I'm going to go back to that often uh, I'll be honest it's, it's not bad um I would sort of quite happily sit there with it on in the background, but it's not one I would watch. It's not like a War Machines where I'd, you know, really, really enjoy it. Uh, I'll give it a 6.5. Most of that is for Hartnell. He absolutely saves this one. Um, He really does. It would be so boring without his – his performance is excellent in it. So probably six of those 0.5 score is Hartnell. (laughs) Okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant in it. Yeah. um but yeah it does it's way too stretched out the story the story is so thin for four episodes way too thin but it's all right it's there's it, a lot worse
0: yeah yeah yeah, I read you. yeah okay it's okay so uh, a not so great 4.5 from me and a slightly better 6.5 from him what did our awesome listeners think so it's great to have you guys back mm. uh, giving us your thoughts on doctor Who. we're going to go with the audio reviews as always first so kicking off from down under sammy satine
2: G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, the
5: gunfighters, the poor first doctor. Fancy having to go to a dentist. But why in the Wild West? This was a good concept.
2: Better executed years later in a town called Mercy. I like Dodo, Stephen and the first doctor. I think the story was okay. I give it six last chance saloons out of ten. I have to say... The news Russell is coming back was a nice thing to wake up
5: to on a Saturday morning. See ya.
0: It certainly was, Sammy. It was. I think we're still dreaming. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cruel prank, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Thank you very much, Sammy. So a six. Not a bad score there. Not bad at all. Thank you very much. Uh, Moving on, this is Mr. Joe Turner. The Gunfires is an episode
3: in which I have a lot of fun with. I love the setting of the Wild West, as well as the characters we meet, such as Doc Holliday. He is a character that is well developed and always in control. At times, he can also be a little sinister too. Even though the song called The Last Chance Saloon was blooming annoying, I found it interesting that they used lyrics of the song to echo what was happening on screen, and for the most part, I liked it. Peter Purvis's Stephen was good in this story, and he's a great singer. However, Dodo could have been utilised more. William Hartnell as the Doctor was his usual witty, no-nonsense self, and I loved his performance as always. And the overall plot was simplistic, but well-written, with interesting world-building with regards to the two families, the outlaws, and the town of Tombstone. There was quite a few shocking deaths that occurred, like poor old Charlie the Barman, and some comical attempts to die on screen that were a bit melodramatic to say the least. Lastly, the end-action sequence between the two families was fantastic and was a perfect way to end the story. So I'm going to give the gunfighters a seven out of ten because it was a solid story.
0: Thank you. Seven. A seven from Joe. The highest score so far. Mm.
5: Yeah, I nearly gave it a seven. I just it's not quite up there for a seven for me, but yeah,
0: not quite. Yeah, it's a decent score though. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, Peter Purvis is a good singer, is he? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. He was actually. He was pretty good. Yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. 7 out of 10. Moving on, this is Mr. Toby Coleman. So fill up your
2: glasses and join in the song. The <laughs> law's right behind you and it won't take long. So come, you coyotes, and howl at the moon till there's blood upon the sawdust in the last chance saloon. <laughs> and on and on and on. <laughs> yes, I have to agree with Stephen when he sucks to you to at gunpoint that it does go on a bit. Anyway, The Gunfighters is an interesting historical from the Hartnell era, as it isn't actually historically accurate. It feels very much like a school production of a Wild Western with a bit of a soap vibe to it at times. It's fun. I love I love the costumes that Stephen and Dodo have. And the Doctor and the Mistaken Identity plot is rather interesting. It's just... There's better stories than Heart Delirious. So I'm going to give it six and a half overworked ragtime pianos in the last chance saloon.
0: <laughs> that was wonderful. That was very good, Toby. What you could a voice. Have, yeah, we could have overdubbed you. Uh, <laughs> onto the Stephen singing that song scene. Very nice. Uh, six and a half then from Toby. Yes. On par with you, dude. Uh, Yeah, the mistaken identity thing, Toby, I'm pretty sure that that was... um, Yeah. The word interesting is interesting to me that you've used Mm. that word. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Six and a half from Toby. Thank you very much. Moving on, this is Neil Campbell.
4: What about you, fellas? How's it going? So, the gunfighters, I'm going to be honest, I've always thought this is the weakest story available from the William Hartnell era. I'm just not fussed. I think the American accents are dreadful. It's more like a pantomime. And... Yeah I, I think it's quite weak. Now I think in recent years within Doctor Who fandom it seems you've got a bit of love and affection and that's fine and the fact that it has the ballad of the Last Chance Saloon that was the first time in Doctor Who history a song specifically written for a Doctor Who story itself and um, so that's pretty cool and it came the fame for it like but there are some great scenes in it. I love the scene where the doctor is introducing himself and his companions and your man goes Doctor Who and he goes hmm quite so I thought that was really well written. Um and then the scenes where the doctors in the dentist chair and whatnot with Doc Holiday, I thought that was very good. William Hartnell's mannerisms are brilliant and he's so funny without even trying to be funny. So that's obviously a plus. Um, but ah, just the accents and all are awful. I, I just <laughs> it's a bit of a mess to be perfectly honest. But you can see why back then. Some people within Doctor Who circles didn't want historicals anymore. They're hard to do. But anyone that may have been a Thunderbirds fan when they were younger, Shane Rimmer and David Gramer in this, and they voice Scott Tracy and Gordon Tracy, respectively. But yes, um, Stephen's a good companion. I've always said that. I've always liked Stephen. But yeah, all in, it's not a great story. I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Cheers.
0: Five. Five. Neil.
5: I didn't know about the Thunderbirds uh, voices. It's
0: interesting uh yeah i think it was one of the dudes that was um that played uh, was it stingray and thunderbirds i think the actor that did that stuff i don't know yeah stingray stingray I love stingray stingray <laughs> what's the other one that was cool was it uh johnny uh captain scarlet uh, captain scarlet yeah there was another one i'm <laughs> sure called johnny something mm, Uh no. gary i don't think so mate no yeah you're not thinking of joe 90 are you joe 90 that's it yeah johnny
5: johnny
0: johnny no, johnny 90 yeah <laughs> uh yeah shane rimmer wasn't it from uh who did brains and stuff yeah oh right Yes, yeah. you're charlie the barman the geezer that got shot oh right that figures oh yeah. man yeah uh anyway back to neil thank you very much neil uh five out of ten a bit of a middle of the road one for you yeah so totally yeah. see that dude yeah, thank you very much for your review as always. Last one, though, this is TardisNet66.
1: The Gunfight is simply the worst story of the first Doctor era. It involves the Doctor having a dentist appointment, which is a really strange plot point and very uncomfortable to watch. You also have horrible tonal clashes. The story can't delve into a full-on Western and really fully embrace the vibes of the family show, so just get this light-hearted silliness placed onto the story, which really doesn't gel well with all the cringy and horrible singing in the first episode, and the horrible American accents, which overshadows any kind of performance from any of the actors. And you have the awful song repeated again and again and again, which just drives me mad and overshadows a great deal of the story. There are too many characters who feel interchangeable and not enough of a growing conflict and threat. The story's historical inaccuracies also make it feel rather pointless as a pure historical story. I like Dr. Holiday as a character, and Hartnell was great as always. But overall, I'll give it a two out of ten. Oof.
5: a two. You know, uh, it um, Tardisnet does make a very good point about the tooth. Because what is the point of that storyline? <laughs> I, I did think that at the time. I was thinking, like, what? What? This doesn't go anywhere. Like, there is no <laughs> reason for it.
0: Is yeah, there? it's a bit weird as well. We're unsure as well as because you would have thought that having a toothache or any kind of medical condition, you would have thought that he would have gone into the future where yeah. science and, you know, medicine has progressed to a point where they could probably just do it very quickly and cleanly. So we're unsure about whether it is his usual you know you've overshot the mark you can't fly the tardis and we've landed in this weird. i'm time. gonna
5: put it down to so he can't fly the tardis but yeah it does seem a bit odd
0: yeah because you wouldn't go back in time to the wild west to go and see a dentist would you it's <laughs> not really no yeah and he recovers very quick as well he has that thing hoyed out of his mouth and then
5: it does yeah. make for a funny scene there, where it's like anesthetic <laughs> have we got any no never heard of it
0: yeah so TardisNet not feeling this one at all not at all no not good a two out of ten so thank you very much to you guys for sending in your audio clips uh, very interesting as always uh, we had a few over on the socials over on twitter we had Jordan one of our writers he said quite I like this one the song gets a little annoying but it's clear how much fun Hartnell is having Stephen and Dodo continue to be a good couple of companions uh, the American accents are a little ropey but overall uh, it's a good uh, it's good fun based on true events chippy t says we're in the age of western so let's throw the doctor into an adventure to be fair it's enjoyable enough hartnell seems to be having fun the dentist story is amusing and the saloon story has mild peril uh, more of a <laughs> skip than the watch six from me yeah not bad though uh those cool dudes over on the lost on gallifrey podcast Says, ah, the Last Chance Saloon. Of course, I love the song and I'm glad to give it the attention it deserves every fortnight. (laughs) Uh, But what about the story? It's light, fluffy Hartnell that whizzes by and keeps you smiling. Seven out of ten. Hope you boys enjoy. And then goes on to quote, flip up your glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Dan Pinn says, the song becomes rather annoying after you've heard it a couple of times, which is a shame as the story is pretty good. Hartnell is wonderful and having a uh, a whale of a time. I quite like the TARDIS team. Not sure why Dodo is so disliked. Her and Steven make a great double act. Mm. Very true. They do make a good double act. It's just, I think, Dan, the thing is, Dojo just doesn't get much to do in many of the stories. So she's a bit sort of left behind, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another one of our writers, Maria, she says, this is a real, uh, this is real comfort, Doctor Who. Yes, there are some dodgy accents, but all of our team, all of the team are having fun. Who knew Peter Purvis could be so funny as a cowboy in the Last Chance Saloon? Who knew, Yeah. Maria? Dr. Hugh Holmes says actually really enjoy this one Hartnell is on fire and all the actors ham it up to perfection it looks brilliant too and the final gunfight is really well shot the song is a bit frustratingly catchy though I can feel it creeping back into my head already an 8 out of (laughs) 10 (laughs) <laughs> and lastly, the Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian, says, this is only the second time I've watched it. It's a romp, comedic in places, cringeworthy in others, and that song is so annoying and becomes an earworm in the days that follow. Uh, I probably won't watch it again, though. Four out of ten. A four? Oh. A four. And then we had a couple over on Facebook. Uh, first one from Charlie Turner. It's quite long, so I won't read it, all of it. But uh, it says, out of the Hartnell stories that you can watch, of him to this present day i unfortunately find this one to be a low point of his entire run Mm. Um, the song that plays every five minutes is fine as this is the wild west themed movie but trying to incorporate it into doctor who somehow clearly doesn't seem to fit Uh, it goes on to give it a three out of ten unfortunately three okay Uh, and aaron moody says the doctor is my huckleberry lol Uh, how can you not like the earworm of the last chance saloon it's cool to see the doc traveling around tombstone Funny that this story is considered the first Western told on British television. I Ooh. think in the US at the time, most of primetime were Westerns. Uh, anyway, it gives it three out of five teeth. <laughs> three? Like, that's three out of
5: five teeth.
0: So, hmm. Uh, mm. A mixed bag, really, dude.
5: Yeah, no, we didn't get higher than seven, did we? No. Oh, seven, higher oh, seven, No, we didn't get, so that's, yeah, bit of a bit of a mixed
0: bag. Yeah, I think we Three, got down to a two, two. from a TN. Two, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was the Gunfighters. Thank you very much for uh, sending in your thoughts, uh, as always. Next week, dude, what we got?
5: Next week, yeah, so we'll be drifting into the more modern era of Doctor Who with the 11th Doctor story, The Name of the Doctor. Uh, the Name of the Doctor. I can't remember a blooming thing about this. too. Until- <laughs> Is this is this where Clara jumps into the time stream? Is that is it that one?
0: Yeah. So this is the finale to series seven.
5: Oh, is it Trenzalore?
0: Trent. Yeah, they're off the trends oh, aren't they? Oh,
5: bits of yeah, bits are coming back to me now. Yeah, bits are coming back. To me Obviously,
0: now. you remembered the last few minutes. You must remember the last few uh-huh. minutes of the story where we see. Oh the yeah, war of course. Doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, like you mate, I haven't seen this one in a while. No. Yeah. Gosh.
5: Yeah. I wonder how this stands up because. Um, yeah it's just sort of a finale type ep wasn't it yeah it's the end of series seven yeah Mm, okay uh
0: yeah indeedy so name of the doctor next week so uh get that watch we'll be asking for your thoughts as always uh on that one bit of matt smith actions never a bad thing so Mm -hmm. we'll see how this one stacks up but in the meantime dude i think we'll wrap there for 327 all (laughs) righty thank you thank you thank you so much for coming back and listening to our show for another week that was episode 327 if you're new here to the podcast it's great that you've discovered the show and thank you very much for listening if you're a long-time listener one of the Grizzle ancients then it's great to have you back as always uh, thank you thank you thank you as adam said we are on to the name of the doctor next week for our review so make sure you get your your blu-rays or your um uh, I play a fired up, whatever it is, get that watch. Betamax,
5: whatever you've got.
0: Yeah, the VHS, whatever you've got. <laughs> just give it a watch because we'll be asking for your reviews and thoughts as always. So that is the name of the Doctor, not the day of the Doctor, not night of the Doctor, not the sandwiches of the Doctor, anything like that. The name of the Doctor is what we're doing next week because it can be a tad confusing. Uh, until um, we uh, grace your ears next week, remember to follow our show and listen for free in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on Um, just make sure you uh, hit that follow button that way you won't miss a show when it lands every single friday and uh, if you've got a second to leave a rating or review that would be awesome because that does help us out loads and loads and thank you so much to those that have left reviews thus far Uh, we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook just do a search for the big blue box or you can find links to that over on our website which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk on the website, you can also read all of the awesome reviews and articles and all that stuff from our writing team. So, uh, so go and peruse around the website and give that stuff a read. And we have a free Discord server as well, which is uh, just completely free to sign up. The link is on the website. Come and hang out with other Doctor Who fans and chat all things Doctor Who. Free! Free! <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Because no, if I press on. that sound pad, it might go cancel on. out. I'm, oh, yeah, it might, yeah. It might do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, as always, remember to check out uh, my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is called The Geek's Handbag.
5: Yes, go and have a look at my vids. I'm working on a new one at the minute. It's uh, a quest to find the BM sets, and uh, you'll just see me sat in a room losing the will to live. <laughs> 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 no, go and check out my vids. And uh, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter...
0: And Instagram. Same name. Geek Sandback.
5: Geek
0: Sandback. Yeah. Right then. Until next week. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember.
4: Hey. Hey. Hey.
1: A- <laughs> A-